Y Group invites all AEC industry leaders to the 2024 AEC Small Business and Entrepreneurship Forum, the premier event for small firms in the AEC sector. Experience innovative strategies and insights on May 21st, crafted by Zweig Group's industry experts. Engage in keynotes and interactive sessions focused on recruitment, retention, and business growth. Join Zweig Group for this unique networking opportunity and take your business to new heights. Secure your spot today and be part of the AEC industry's future. Visit ZweigGroup.com for more information. The Zwei Group team looks forward to welcoming you. Welcome to the Zweig Letter Podcast, putting architectural, engineering, planning, and environmental consulting advice and guidance in your ear. Zweig Group's team of experts have spent more than three decades elevating the industry by helping AEP and environmental consulting firms thrive. And these podcasts deliver invaluable management, industry, client, marketing, and HR advice directly to you, free of charge. The Zweig Letter Podcasts, elevating the design industry one episode at a time. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today. I've got a great episode for you. I was able to, a couple of months ago, put together a podcast program for the folks at Elevate Her, which is a cohort put on by Zwei Group. And Zwei Group has the Elevate Her cohort. I think they do it twice a year now. And it's a, it's a new thing that they started during the pandemic. It's been a great program. And one of the cohorts decided to do a podcast and they decided to create the Elevate Her podcast. And so they brought on several just outstanding guests to this podcast, of which our next guest is one of those individuals. And so we had a chance to first hear from Colleen Martindale, who is a senior pre-construction director with McCarthy down in Dallas on the Elevate Her podcast. And we'll be sure to link to that in the show notes. But, you know, we we enjoyed her conversation so much. We asked her to join us here on the Zweig Letter podcast. And so without further ado, I'd like to welcome Colleen Martindale to the Zweig Letter Podcast. Colleen, how are you doing today? Hey, Randy, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. It's it's really good to to have you on here. And as I was telling you before we started recording, I said, you will have done a few podcasts by now. You're going to become a natural. I don't I don't know um, if uh, you'll get stolen away from uh, McCarthy to, to, to find your career in, in podcasting, but you're on your way. <laughs> hey, you, you know, you never know what opportunities are going to present themselves, but it certainly gets easier, you know, when you've got a, a fun, friendly host. So sure, yeah, really sure. looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, here on the Zweig Letter Podcast, we love to learn about our guests and, and just find out a little bit more about them. So I would love for you just to share your superhero origin story with our audience. And so they they get a little glimpse of who Colleen Martindale is before we kind of jump into your career in construction, but I, I would love for you just to share that, just a, a cliff note version of who you are for our audience. Sure. So I actually started out in college as a music major. My journey into construction has been a little non-traditional. 
I was doing everything I could with that at the time. And I decided I wanted to do something a little different. So I changed my major to civil engineering, graduated from the University of Texas at El Paso in 2009. I found construction somewhat by accident. I had gone to a career fair. I think I was looking for a typical path in, in, in a design field. I met somebody here at McCarthy who convinced me to do an internship, thought I would try that out. Ended up loving it. So construction it was. I moved to Dallas in 2009 to start full-time with McCarthy after doing a couple of those internships. And at the time, I was also pretty sure I wanted to be a project engineer going to you know, the field management side of things. As it turned out, they had a role open in pre-construction. And so I kind of tripped and fell into that. And here I am. I've, I did a little detour at another company, but came back. And I am now leading our civil pre-construction department here in Dallas, where we are focused on all things heavy civil. So earthwork, uh, roads, bridges. We get into a little bit of solar, a little bit of water treatment. We also help out with the site work on some of our commercial projects. So I really get to see a lot of really neat construction projects, all different stages, um, all over our southern region here at McCarthy. Wow. So you you clearly have have kind of you've kind of worked in a lot of different areas and you focused on a number of different sectors within the construction field. And, you know, I'm totally just curious to know when you got into this in 2009, did you expect to be where you are today? No, I, I really didn't. I think my career and most of my life really has been a series of pretty cool, happy accidents. You know, I, I was actually just talking to one of my one of my teammates here this morning who asked me a, a real similar question. And, you know, as much as we often teach, you know, to have a plan and I think there was a plan, it just didn't always go that way. So I was always open to whatever opportunity kind of fell in front of me. And, and you know, so far that's worked out really great for me. I have a, a really great team here, very intelligent, smart, capable people doing really cool things. And so I'm really happy to be a part of that with them um, and see where it takes me next. Wow. That's awesome. And I mean, you got you to gotta imagine, I mean, Dallas is such a robust market for growth when it comes to construction, right? I mean, there's, there is a little bit of everything that you get to see in this market that may be unlike what some of your peers might experience in other places. Is that, is that fairly accurate? Absolutely. You know, particularly on the, the infrastructure side, I mean, Texas has several of the nation's top growing populations, Dallas, Fort Worth being one of those. So the need to just continuously expand infrastructure, more roads, more water treatment, more housing, more businesses, more everything really gives us a unique position here um, in Texas you know, when one market segment goes down, there's usually plenty of opportunity in others. So we've managed to fare pretty well here, you know, and continuing to diversify the the markets that we work in, you know, has been a really successful strategy for us. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that is, um, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. And, and I, I, again, I can't think of a better place. I remember back in the 90s when I got involved with Zweig, at the time, Zweig White and Associates. And you know, I think I mentioned this to you when we spoke on the phone, but I worked with a company called Carter and Burgess and, you know, they had so many needs and they were just growing by leaps and bounds on the shoulders of the growth there in that metroplex of Dallas, Fort Worth, now Frisco, soon to be some other large area that's, <laughs> that is growing, you know, 
crazily there in that marketplace. But that North Texas uh, corridor has seen just unprecedented growth. Like we've never, like we, I don't, I don't know that we've ever, we've ever seen anything like it. And so it just, it makes for great job security. It makes for great opportunities. What has been your biggest takeaway working in that marketplace as a whole, doing pre-construction work for McCarthy? You know, it's it's a big market, but it's kind of a small world. Um, the construction industry, although there's companies, you know, popping up right and left here, you know, everybody kind of knows each other. It's really important to maintain your connections and spend time, you know, building your network and not burning bridges. Um, people seem to move around in waves. You know, you'll hear one company, oh, a whole group just quit, and then they all show up somewhere down the road. So making sure that you know you're you're set there, I think, is important. You never know who's going to end up switching from your competitor to perhaps a future client. I've seen those kind of waves of of transitions happening a lot as well. So making sure you're treating people well and doing your best job, you know, whatever project you're working on, whatever estimate you're working on, you know, is going to serve you well in the future because you never know who's going to be on the other side of the desk. Yeah. So how big of a team are you currently working or managing right now? We fluctuate in size a little bit depending on, you know, we've got some like project managers on the bench who will come in, do a stint in pre-construction and then go back out and run the job, you know, when we're successful on a pursuit. But usually it's about eight to 10. You know, we've got a couple of estimating managers. We've got some estimators, senior estimators. And then, like I said, some some operations folks who may do do a tour in between project close up and startup. But yeah, kind of all different specialties. We've got folks that can do a little bit of everything. And then we have some folks who are more, you know, specialized that, you know, maybe focused on concrete, some folks with a lot of heavy bridge experience, you know, so we've got a pretty good blend. We actually, you know, are kind of having some big news around here. Um, our little civil group is growing up again. So we are, we are as of about a week ago, our own separate business unit. So right now the, the opportunity is just enormous for people as we, you know, we're able to expand looking at different external clients, and then as well as the internal clients that we serve here at McCarthy for our, you know, like I said, our, our renewables, our water, wastewater, and our commercial businesses, we we often support those. So really big things happening over here just as we grow. So when you heard that news, and obviously, I mean, I'm sure it didn't just come out of, out of the blue. Um, from <laughs> <No>. <laughs> your perspective, what did you think that meant for you, for your career, and for specifically what you're doing there at McCarthy? Well, you know, as far as my day-to-day um, right now, it's not going to change a lot. But I think as our department gets bigger, um, as we're able to take on larger volumes of work, you know, grow our revenue year over year, you know, there's going to be a lot of hiring opportunities, you know, likely more leadership opportunities for myself and everybody on my team, just as as the organizational chart expands. You know, for my supervisor, that's a, a change from a leader of pre-construction to a leader of a business unit. So you know, hopefully someday to follow in his footsteps is, you know, on, on my path. You know, I, I just think it's been, you know, really big window opened up for us, you know, just in the amount of work we can pursue. I think it'll help us hire folks when they see our commitment to the civil markets. And again, it's a, it's a high revenue business and that helps our mix um, here for the company just drive, drives, you know, a lot of really profitable business for us. Yeah, because I mean McCarthy's a big company. I mean, you guys are all over the place, and and right. certainly you have a, you have a pretty pretty wide footprint. What well, you know, I I gotta ask this. So 
So as I, as I, in my head, as I do my, I, and I don't do public math that often, but as I do the math <laughs> in my head and go back to 2009, I mean, that was like right at the height of the financial meltdown. I mean, everybody was kind of recoiling at that time and you got into the construction industry. I'm curious to know, you know, what were your initial thoughts as a woman, right? Cause that's the elephant in the room. You are a woman. And so yep. there aren't a lot of women in the construction industry. And I remember specifically, dealing with some very large construction firms that we were going to do potentially some executive search work for. And I didn't see a woman like on the floor or let alone the building, you know? And, and so, I mean, right. things have changed a lot and, and I'm glad to see that change. I'm just curious, what did you see as, as, you know, you're coming out of college and, you know, you're, you're coming into probably one of the worst job markets ever because of just all the other challenges that I just described with the financial meltdown and, you know, the, the United States having to restart the economic engine. How did you view getting into this particular industry? That's a great question. You know, part of what we talked about earlier is the way that the Dallas market is so diverse and there's so much going on here. I was really fortunate that I landed where I did. You know, those couple of internships that I had done with McCarthy made sure I had a job offer in hand well ahead of my graduation. So I wasn't nervous at that point. And I would say we really didn't feel the effects here in the DFW market right away. Some of our other business units across the country certainly felt a dip, you know, relatively quickly. I think about Vegas in particular, you know, kind of those markets really, really got hit hard. But yeah, in, in pre-construction or in estimating at the time we were calling it, I felt, you know, one, I was one of the newest people hired. So that made me a little nervous, you know, hey, if there's going to be, you know, layoffs or a slowdown, you know, is it I'm the last on, so I'm going to be the first off. But the reassurance that I had and part of why I'm really glad I kind of ended up in pre-construction is that in order to win work, you need pre-con people. If you want to make sure you don't win any work, lay off your pre-con department. So <laughs> that to me felt like really great job security. It was a smart place to be. We here in at, at McCarthy in, in Texas fared a lot better, like I said, than you know some other companies and a lot of you know just our partners across the company, just because of the way the market is here. Um, we actually you know took a harder focus on infrastructure work at that time, you know, because there were there were still opportunities there while the commercial market may have dipped. As a woman, you know, when I did my my first internship, it it was really clear to me the the first one I did was in San Antonio in two thousand seven. There were not a lot of other other females around. And for me, without you know giving it a lot of deep thought at the time, I just saw it as an opportunity that I'm going to stand out no matter what I do. So I had better be sure to be good because that was going to get me noticed. Um, and I think that it did. You know, then by the time that I came on full time here in the office, kind of the same vibe. I, you know, as long as i'm I'm doing well, I think I'm going to be noticed for that. And I was really lucky to be in the office such that I had a lot of really familiar access to movers and shakers in the organization. You know, a lot of the leadership is situated here. So I was, you know, able to get a lot of really good face time that sometimes the folks on the projects don't get. Part of that eventually, I guess, evolved into something I've made, you know, a pretty big part of my personality nowadays um, is making sure that I'm making that path easier for the women to come behind me. I lead an an employee resource group here in our Southern region called the McCarthy Partnership for Women. We've got it across the company, but here in the Southern region, we're kind of focused on five big things, personal and professional development, internal and external networking, communication and awareness, recruiting and outreach. And so since we kind of got that, we have a national group for it now. 
And then we, we kind of do a customized approach locally based on the population that we have here. We've seen some nice gains in our female populations. You know, we're, we're around 25% of the organization right now. Wow. You know, so we're creating a lot of, a lot of opportunities. I'm seeing a lot more, a lot more women when we have our, our company gatherings, particularly on our civil group, there were even fewer. And now we've got quite a few. And so it's really neat to see, you know, just more women coming on. You know, we make sure that we're taking women to our recruiting booths. You know, they're featured in our marketing and, you know, not not just women, honestly. I mean, other other diverse and underrepresented populations, you know, we're, we're trying to make sure that McCarthy is an employer of choice for everybody. And we want to attract that top talent wherever it comes from, you know, which, you know, if you move into modern economic challenges, labor shortages is a huge thing right now. And so a really great way to make sure that you continue to have a labor shortage is to ignore large segments of the population. So we're trying not to do that. Yeah. I mean, listen, you need to say that again for the people in the back row, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I think it, it certainly bears repeating. And, and I, I'm glad that you, you kind of shared that it sounds like, you know, McCarthy has clearly understood where opportunity lies in, in, in allowing this program to start. Can you repeat the name of that, that program for women again that you guys have? Yeah, definitely. It's called the McCarthy Partnership for Women. That's what, okay. It kind of started as a, a grassroots thing out in California um, with a, a YOPS group, Women in Operations. And then as it kind of worked its way eastward, you know, we got organized really around it in like 2016, 2017. We started doing a big national meeting. We got all the local groups started um, and they're all run a little bit differently. But, you know, the same goals really is just to make sure that we're recruiting, retaining and developing, you know, all of that, that female talent that we have here. In, yeah. the, in the organization and in the industry. Right. And now, is it fair to say that not every construction industry has necessarily embraced this? And I'm, I'm not trying to create a, a bunch <laughs> of haves and have nots, but I, I don't know that everybody has, has fully embraced this. Is, is, that, is that fair to say? Or would you say across the board, when you talk to some of your peers in other construction firms, that you find that the order of things has improved considerably over, over the last maybe decade or so within the construction industry. I think a lot more organizations are getting on board and they're recognizing the importance of diversity in the organizations. You know, construction, I feel like, is is often a little late to the game in general, inclusive of ourselves. But I think a lot of our, our larger, you know, competitors some of our peers do things similar. There's varying levels. Um, different groups with their your different companies have their own employee resource groups. You know, we we have a a pretty large cohort of of like minded companies that kind of focus on these types of things. Just really, as recently as last week, we just had the second annual Construction Inclusion Week, um, and McCarthy is one of the founding companies involved in that. You know, which again is focused on inclusion for the industry in general. But yeah, I think I think we're seeing, you know, positive upticks. The number of of women in construction was over a million this year for the first time. I believe that that was in May. These, you know, just looking at the groups that are really tracking it and and paying attention to that kind of thing. You know, one thing that kind of goes with that, a large percentage of the the women in our industry tend to be in administrative roles. Um so we're also monitoring, you know, women in management, um women in technical roles and seeing increases there as well you know, both for McCarthy and the industry. So yeah, I mean, really positive things happening and other other companies are getting on board, you know, whether that's by their own volition or their clients are demanding it. You know, I, most of the work that, that our civil group does here at McCarthy is, is public sector. So a lot of times there are 
owner demands for this kind of stuff, for diversity goals and that kind of thing. But for us, it's important to reflect the communities that we work in. And that's the reason we're doing it. You can look at any number of, of studies that are out there showing that having a diverse organization yields better business results too. So, you know, whether whether you get on it, you know, for moral reasons or you just know that it's going to help your bottom line, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. When the right thing is the right thing to do, you, you do it. So, <laughs> right. um, yeah. So I, I love this and I appreciate you kind of sharing that breakdown and I'm going to have to look up that construction inclusion week. That sounds like a really interesting program. Uh, and I'm sure there was some tremendous dialogue there. What would you say since, you know, and, and, and again, if you, if you go back to like maybe the questions that you had in your mind before you entered into the construction marketplace, the construction arena and got a career in the construction field, what would you say were, were one or two of your biggest questions then? And what are the questions that you field now from young women that are just now thinking about getting into the construction industry? Yeah, I know one one that was a big one, you know, is can I be my authentic self at work? I mean, maybe I didn't put it in quite that articulative terms, but it was like, what the heck do I wear? You know, do I need to dress like one of the guys and act like one of the guys to get, a, you know, to get ahead here? I still get that question sometimes. The answer is no, you can be your authentic self and succeed. You know, and I think that's important. And part of building a really healthy team is allowing everybody the safety to be themselves at work. You know, and I, I think I, I fell a little bit victim to that at, you know, some early stages of my career, trying to walk and talk like one of the guys and probably developed a, a pretty bad four letter word habit. But, you know, it, that was one thing, you know, and really just what is my path forward? What does the opportunity look like? You know, if when you look up the org chart and nobody looks like you, that's intimidating. It's hard to see yourself in those roles. It was hard to figure out, you know, what is my leadership style when I didn't really have anybody real similar to me to emulate. You know, so now, you know, as a female, I think, you know, my my style is just naturally a little more empathetic. It's probably a little softer. I'm fairly introverted, um, despite what most people who can't shut me up nowadays might say. <laughs> You know, but I, I found that, that that's worked out all right for me and that, you know, I can show that side of myself and, and allow my team to, to lead, you know, the way that they most feel comfortable, you know, obviously adapting for, you know, the needs of individuals. But, you know, just as, as a whole, uh, that tends to be more my style, um, which, which was different from what I, I saw when I was a brand new engineer straight out of college trying to figure out who I was. And so we, we focus a lot on that with, with the Partnership for Women, you know, just helping people find opportunities to practice, whether that's public speaking or training others or, you know, getting out and giving a job site tour and making sure that we highlight one of the, the young ladies, you know, that's on that project, giving them the floor to lead and to share. So I, th I think that's pretty similar questions, honestly, that, that I had when I walked through the door that I still get now. I think there's less of it because, you know, really, as, as I've been here, you know, from, from the time of my first internship, you know, I've got perspective of about 15 years here, just seeing the way our leadership group has changed, you know, both across the country and here in, in Texas and our Southern region. I think there's a lot more opportunity for people to see themselves reflected. Yeah. And I think you mentioned to me a ways too. To go. Yeah, of course. I, I think every, every industry has, has a ways to go. I mean, there are a few industries that are kind of light years, not light years ahead of everybody else, but they're doing a really good job of it and kind of setting the standard. But I think the design industry, who 
at one point in time was kind of slow to the party has fully arrived, right? And everybody's trying to participate. Hence, that's why programs like Elevate Her are so important. And they create agency. They create a platform for individuals that have typically either been marginalized or have, have been underrepresented to really speak their truth and speak it within the context of what they're doing in their careers in this, you know, specific discipline, right? And that's not something that you see every day. And and certainly it is something that I think more and more companies, more and more firms like McCarthy and others are encouraging because they recognize, like you said earlier, that, that diversity is key and that it, it does create a much, much more robust business model. For sure. So listen, I'd be curious to know, and you get out to go to, uh, I'm assuming you go to some of the schools when it does come time to recruit, because you've mentioned recruitment and retention quite a bit. I mean, what are you seeing when you get out there and, and interact with these young young women at some of these programs before they actually even sign up for an internship with McCarthy? What are What are some of the interesting things that you're noticing right now in this day and age in 2022? I mean, granted, we've just basically been given a hall pass again to get out and see people, right? Since the pandemic right. shut most of us down and everything was being done virtually like we're, we're talking now or on Zoom. But now that you're starting to get back out face to face with people, what are you what are you learning from this this new generation of, of young people that uh, that want to get into the construction field? I mean, one, just the enormous diversity of the students has changed. You know, I, th- I think back to when I was in college and what my class looked like. I mean, it's it's just phenomenal the, the amount of women and people of color we're, we're seeing at the recruiting booth. So, again, just amplifying the need to make sure that we send diverse recruiting teams. You know, we also make sure that we're sending teams that represent a good cross-section of our businesses that, that we work in. So, you know, McCarthy's known very much so for being, you know, healthcare builders in a lot of vertical markets. But making sure we have folks that can talk about civil, that can talk about pre-con, that can talk about VDC, making sure that we're appealing to a wider group of candidates, you know, where we used to really just focus on civil or construction management degrees. We're finding a lot more opportunities, um, mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, you know, other technology-based degrees that can survive and thrive here, you know, in, in different support roles different integration roles. We have more design imperative type stuff going on. So, you know, people with design experience. So that that's one thing. You know, the the younger the younger folks are certainly interested in our diversity programs. I don't think it used to come up a lot when we were at recruiting booths, you know, even 10 years ago. But now that I, I find myself talking a lot about the partnership for women, a lot about our DEI efforts. It's been a been a big question, and it seems like it's really important to you know the generation coming in. So making sure that you know our recruiting staff are, are well trained on those topics, you know we, we make sure we've got flyers to talk about those efforts, you know the the resource groups and that kind of thing. You know I've had and and it still just stuns me every time it happens, but you know quite a number of you know young women and, and some men in, in fact too just be like, hey, this McCarthy Partnership for Women thing is really cool. You know, we're, we're excited for the things that you're doing here. So that's really encouraging, you know, to see that, that the young folks care about that stuff. I think that's, you know, kind of the, the biggest, um, like I said, is just the interest in that, you know, there's a lot of interest in 
work flexibility and how people are able to, you know, manage their, their work life success, that kind of thing. Um, and so making sure that we're telling them about the way McCarthy is trying to be more family friendly, more flexible, you know, again, just all the things to make sure that we are the employer of choice for folks. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously you're checking off all, all the boxes there, right? And you're absolutely right. I think Gen Z, this new generation has of young people coming out of school today. They are, uh, it's a very interesting and dynamic or group of kids that are coming out of school, you know, and every generation's different, right? I'm, I'm a Gen Xer. You're probably a millennial, I would imagine, but. So, you know, yeah. each generation is going to have its own unique aspects to it, right? And so this next generation... I am a geriatric millennial. <laughs> <laughs> geriatric. I love that. I love that. So I just think each each generation is going to represent something different. And it behooves design firms to really think about who they're addressing and who they're trying to reach, especially from a recruitment and retention aspect that you you want to make sure that your messaging doesn't fall on deaf ears. And it sounds like the work that uh, you, Colleen, and and the rest of your team are doing there at McCarthy and some of the initiatives that McCarthy has is that you guys are staying on the right side of things as it pertains to creating real dialogue and conversation with individuals that may decide to join your company and and spend a period of time there the way that you have. Yeah, I've really enjoyed a lot of my interactions with with some of the younger folks coming in and, you know, into the workforce. I'm I'm kind of an odd duck in that I really enjoy change. I like having my worldview, you know, shattered every so often and, you know, seeing things from from a different point of view. And and Gen Z just brings something new and interesting to the workplace all the time, you know, and and I'm really excited for what they're going to do, you know, for this industry you know, over, over the lifespan of their careers. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. That that's for sure. I mean, when you think about what some of the applications for web three and some of the other tech, the blockchain technologies that are coming online and how that is going to impact the design industry space and specifically in construction. I mean, I can already see a million different ways that, you know, web three and, and just virtual reality is going to impact construction. I mean, it's already been used in the past, but I mean, it's just going to go to a whole different level in the near future. And you're going to need a lot of those young people to shepherd that whole process forward, because I can guarantee you that the folks in the C-suite, not that they can't do it, but they're just not going to be in a position to do it. And they're going to rely on the generations that are coming after them to continue to grow McCarthy the way that you're growing McCarthy and the way that McCarthy is going to continue growing in the next you know, iterative generations that come. Definitely. Yeah, we we've been around since the the 1860s, so we're we're hoping to put another 150 years into it. So, you know, embracing the future is is all part of that plan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Colleen, this has been special. I really appreciate you taking time to do this. Like I said, I mean, you you did an outstanding job with that uh Elevate Her podcast, and we'll certainly link to that in the show notes, but if anyone wants to reach out to you just to just to connect with you, or maybe, you know, we'll put your LinkedIn profile address there so people can connect with you. Cause I think that's always helpful. Relationships matter more than anything else. And you said that earlier, but what would be the best way for people to reach out to you and connect with you online? LinkedIn is easy. I'm, I'm usually pretty responsive on there. Um, you know, try to share, you know, as much content as I can that's relevant to some of the work that I'm doing. I'm also happy to field emails. 
You know, my email is C Martindale, first initial, last name at McCarthy.com. You know, we're always, again, like I said, looking for, for top talent. If that's something that interests anyone, you can always view our open careers at McCarthy.com. There's a lot of opportunities all over the country. And, you know, we're, we're always looking for that, that top talent. You know, and I'm, like I said, I'm happy to have, you know, personal conversations and on any of the topics. This is near and dear to my heart and really important to me that we grow and develop, you know, people in this industry. So yeah, happy, happy to, to help. Yeah. Well, that's perfect. And, and I appreciate you doing that. And we'll certainly, I, you know, I would encourage anybody listening to this. If you've got a, an up and coming son or daughter that has expressed interest in construction, you need to have them reach out to Colleen because she could certainly provide a level of perspective and experience and understanding that will help them formulate and make good decisions, right? And whether they end up at McCarthy or someplace else, it's always good to reach out to those that have already been down that path that you're trying to go. So thank you so much for for sharing that information. And we'll make sure that everybody has access to it on the show notes. So, but Colleen, thank you so much for coming on this Wag Letter podcast. We appreciate you sharing uh, your experience in this industry. And, uh, you know, we're, we're probably going to have to reach back out to you in the near future just to do a check-in and see how things are going. But we appreciate you taking time today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, folks, that's another episode of the Zweig Letter Podcast. To learn more about one of the oldest newsletters in the design industry, visit zweiggroup.com. You can read articles online, listen to this podcast, and sign up for a free subscription to the newsletter and have it delivered right into your email inbox every Monday morning. Sign up today. For more info about Zwei Group's advisory services or any Zwei Group publications, visit zweigroup.com. You can subscribe to the Zwei Letter podcast wherever you listen to it, and please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here soon. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to the Zwei Letter podcast. We hope that you can be part of elevating the industry and that you can apply our advice and information to your daily professional life. For a free digital subscription to The Zweig Letter, please visit thezweigletter.com slash subscribe to gain more wisdom and inspiration in addition to information about leadership, finance, HR, and marketing your firm. Subscribe today.